Hello to everybody. Welcome, Welcome to Jewish. To Jewish. Season two. Oh, We're Jewish. It's we all been yeah, we do a podcast almost every morning. <laughs> no sometimes kidding. in the evening, sometimes in the it's afternoon. It's been exactly every single morning. All the news that's fit for us to podcast. For months and months and months. September fourteenth, two thousand twenty. All the time. We got laughs, we got news, we got stories it for the stops. Jewish and non Jews. All the sports and entertainment you could wish. We're the always... It's like that guy in Hell who has to push the boulder up the mountain. And then, you know, it falls on him and he has to go start over again. Sisyphus. <laughs> and it's another Murray Monday. And once again... Murray! And I was all, I was so excited to introduce the correspondent for today that I, I I I got a little ahead of it. But once again, folks, our Murray Monday guest is our golf correspondent, Thucydides Johnson. Tell us about the exciting golf action from this weekend, Thucydides. Who won the Safeway Cup? How and why should we care? And what extraordinary shenanigans were introduced into the tournament to keep a Jew from winning? Ah, so glad you asked. With the roof open on a sweltering evening at Arthur Ashe Stadium in Flushing Meadows, Queens. Wait, you got the wrong sport. <laughs> both contestants battled exhaustion, muscle cramps, and nerves before Dominic's team came from two sets in the service breakdown in the third to, to win a grueling five-set match in a tiebreaker against his good friend Sasha's Verov of Germany. This to break so through and win golf. his first Grand Slam championship and his fourth Grand Slam appearance. We have a rebellion going. What, what about the Jews in the Gulf? Oh, uh, you want to hear about that? You're the Gulf correspondent. Oh, yeah, all right. Stuart Sink one. Who okay, did? here's... Uh, the tennis match lasted four hours and two minutes and was no, the first time the U.S. Open was decided by a fifth-set tiebreaker. Conjure up spirited Halloween memories for yesteryear. 87-year-old Stuart Sink won for the first time in 63 years from the 1940s and 50s. Each candle is detailed by hand to recreate the vintage charm of the originals. What are you reading from? This is the Vermont Country Store catalog. But it's the Halloween edition. I'm very excited about it. You know, we we already agreed we're going all out on Halloween this year. The reason the golf correspondent is doing this is because, if you notice, our second item was indicating that we were not going to talk about the tennis championship because the guy who won has a completely pronounceable name. So it would be completely outside of our tennis Cover it. it would be wrong. It would be wrong to skip over this. To skip over the U.S. Open. Spirited and non-spirited individual fruitcake slices. Yeah, yours. <laughs> who <laughs> says? Me. Who says fruitcake is just for the holidays? Not so, us. Golf correspondent. Who is we Kevin We took all Kisner. the fruits and nuts in ours. Traditional fruitcake. <laughs> Would we have expected Kevin Kisner to enter into Kirk Cousins' territory as making one of the dumbest COVID-related comments of all time? You know, I'm not, I'm not so familiar with Kevin Kisner. I, I don't think I've ever heard him speak. He doesn't seem particularly 
really enlightened um, from what little I know of him. Listen to um, what this guy did. But yeah, he's throwing his, he's throwing his hat in the ring. The, t- try this out for one of the dumbest COVID-related con- uh, comments of all time. Rick, Rex Chapman, who's a former basketball guy who has almost a million followers, was uh, posting on there about how anxious he is for his family because they know people who died of COVID and who are very vulnerable to it. And this guy, Kevin Kistner, respond, oh, who's a golfer, responds, they must not have followed the guidelines. That's not very helpful. No. I don't I see think that that's as Kirk, Kirk Cousins territory. So, so I, w- I want to note both, to both of you that we do have a propensity on this program for commenting on the stupidity of people who have alliterative names that both begin with K sounds, like Kirk Cousins, Case Cookus, and Kevin Kissner. But I don't know what to make of that. Good observation. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just observing. Yeah. I'm just observing. You expect too much out of us on a Monday morning. Okay. All right. So, but what happened to Oppenheim? He was he was he was in contention, and I saw he finished tied for thirty six. He did finish tied for thirty six. But um, since you asked, Stuart Sink, forty seven year old Stuart Sink, beat the big beautiful Harry Higgs by two strokes in Napa, California, to capture the Safeway Open, his first PGA tournament since beating the then 59-year-old Tom Watson in a playoff at Turnberry 11 years ago to win his only major, the British Championship. Daniel Berger did not play, and Rob Oppenheim finished tied for 30-something. Many of the big names didn't compete this week because the the sort of sandwich between the FedEx Cup playoffs and the U.S. Open, which will start Thursday, 144 golfers will vie for the U.S. Open Golf Championship at the iconic Wingfoot Country Club in Mamaroneck, New York. The course, with its punishing rough and difficult greens, last hosted the event in 2006 when Jeff Ogilvy won with a winning score of five over par. Good luck, Daniel Berger. And one of my favorite lines of all time was spoken at Wingfoot. What? Pat, Pat O'Hara, the former general counsel for the New York Football Giants, on a gorgeous, gorgeous sunny day on the 18th green at Wingfoot, looked out at it all and said, it'd take a lot of this to kill you. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> one of the good lines. Yeah. That's all right, good. it's your turn. Get Listen away from to this. The catalog. That you can you, get goblin-approved gummy body parts, and you can get fingers and, gonna, and severed get limbs. Finger. And brains and eyes. You're going to get a finger in just a second. Tampa Brady made his debut for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday, and here's what happened. The screen is frozen. See, you're not even ready. Let me tell them more about my goblin-approved gummy body parts. Fill a bowl with these severed body parts, brains, teeth, fingers, bones, and feet, and you'll hear screams of dot, 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 delight when neighborhood ghosts and goblins taste the fruity strawberry flavor. I have, a, I have a topic we should talk about on Serendipitous Sunday, though. I'd like Thu to contribute, so maybe we can talk about it, you know, next time he's on. Because how are they going to do Halloween this year? Are, still, are people going to try to, you know, go to doors and, pit, like, are, are people going to leave bowls with candy out on their porches and let the kids take them? Or is there just going to be no Halloween or what? I, I have an idea, but but since... since uh... Since uh, Thucydides has the connections to um, pediatricians, we would need his go-ahead for it. Oh. You ready? What's your idea? I think what, the kids, what do you got? What the do you kids got? should all line up on the sidewalk, 
with bags, and the adults should drive by flinging candy at them. <laughs> I kind of like. Kind of love that. It's so only if they distant. drive by very fast. The kid, the kids could be at six foot intervals to preserve social distancing. They'll have masks anyway, right? That's true. And it's individually wrapped things. If the adults wear gloves, they could just fling them from the car, and everybody is safe except for the occasional kid who's who you know a, a, a tootsie roll penetrates the mask eye. But other than that. You know, it's pretty safe, I'd say. I I would. I, I would don't know. On the side, I don't know. You know? I, I I feel very pessimistic about about this. Because really? everyone would everyone would run to each other, and um. What is this? What are you doing? I don't know where that is playing from. This is totally off the rails. This yeah. I really <laughs> have no idea what that was that started playing. <laughs> I'm trying to play a, a Tom Brady highlight, but I still have... What is that playing? <laughs> is it on Spotify? Oh, it was from a funny thing that happened for the forum. Somehow came on. Okay, here's the Tom Brady highlight. You ready? Yeah, what's up? Oh, it's not playing. Beware, these skulls and bone gummy candies are ghoulish delight. Okay, here it comes. Brady takes a gun snap, quick throw near side. It's picked off. Janoris Jenkins, 15, 10, 3, 2, 1, touchdown. Okay, now you can read the rest of the thing. Tampa Bay lost 34-23 to to the New Orleans Saints, and the two interceptions that Brady threw were a big reason why. At countdowns for when Brady will be replaced by Jewish fourth-string quarterback Josh Rosen continues. You have to, we have to skip to the next one now. He obviated the tennis report I was going to give. In cricket, in cricket, Australia seemed on the verge of being the first team to beat England in England since 2015 until they lost four wickets in the space of only 21 balls and eventually lost the match to tie the series at 1-1. One one. Here's what it sounded like. And in other news... Elon Musk was asked on Twitter to comment on Bill Gates having said last month that 18-wheelers, cargo ships, and airplanes would probably never run on electricity because the batteries would have to be too big and too heavy. Musk responded, quote, he has no clue. (laughs) It's nice to hear two capitalist predators modeling the ancient rhetorical arts at such a high level. He has no clue. Yes. During the first half of this year, vinyl record sales outpaced CD sales for the first time since the 1980s. But sales of all physical recordings come... What are you doing? <laughs> I'm really having a hard time really... with the technology today. But sales of all physical recordings combined dropped almost 25% during the same period. Well, while streaming revenue increased by about the same amount, with streaming now accounting for 85% of music revenue. At We're least, already at 10 minutes, and we've barely gotten past At least past temporarily, Pringles are being sold in a new kind of container made of recycled paper. Pringles containers have long been considered one of the worst in terms of recyclability because the combination of foil, paperboard, metal, and plastic is impossible to separate out. The Recycling Association, the UK group that had in 2017 deemed Prinkles the number one recycling villain, villain, welcomed the recent change but said, quote, if they're going to stick to a plastic lid, 
That'll just add to problems with plastic pollution. People on picnics leave them behind and they find their way into streams in the sea. That plastic lid has got to go. Plastic problems with plastic pollution. People on picnic. Yeah, it's a whole thing. And now it's time for Murray Monday. Murray. As our listeners know, every Monday we celebrate the people who authored Das Kapital, who endangered fruit, and who are like cows with no legs, the people known as none other than Murray. Today's Murray is Baseball Hall of Famer Eddie Murray, who mm. holds a number of major league all-time records. Mm. Most games played at first base, mm. most sacrifice flies, mm. and among switch hitters, most RBI and intentional walks. Mm. He was the third player after Hank Aaron and Willie Mays with 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. He won three consecutive gold gloves in their early 80s, led the Orioles to a World Series win in 1983, and helped the Indians to their first World Series in 40 years in 1995. He was a model of consistency like Aaron, with great numbers year after year after year. But Murray was much maligned during his career. You often heard reporters refer to Murray as a cancer in the clubhouse. Yet immediately after he retired as a player, he was hired as a coach and in fact served as a coach for three major league teams for which he had played. When Cal Ripken, a teammate of Murray's in Baltimore for many years, broke Lou Gehrig's consecutive games record, he said, quote, When I got to the big leagues, there was a man, Eddie Murray, who showed me how to play this game day in and day out. I thank him for his example, end quote. Murray is, for me, the prime example of how little we can gauge the character of public figures from the dense filter of media representation. Murray never said much when he played, and I assume that he wasn't, I assume that he wasn't interested in answering platitudinous questions from reporters day in and day out, and I assume, too, that expectations for an African-American player playing in the ballpark nearest the Mason-Dixon line must have included a great deal of racism. In his Hall of Fame acceptance speech in Cooperstown, New York in 2003, Murray said, quote, I was never one much on words. For me to focus a lot on the individual, that's not the way I learned to play the game. Baseball is a team game. You win as a team, you lose as a team. That is one reason why I didn't have the friendship with the media, maybe like I could have. But I had to do what I had to do to make myself successful. That's what I learned, and that's what I preach today to my kids, and I still believe it, end quote. In the same speech, Murray gave a shout-out to the 439 kids and parents from a Baltimore Little League who had begun driving from Baltimore at 3.30 that morning to be there for his speech. He seems to me unquestionably to have been a fabulous player and probably to be a very good guy, and he is our Murray Monday for today. Yeah, we got applause from Phil. Do you do you remember him oh, as a awesome. player, uh, Thucydides? Oh my goodness, do I remember? Yeah, he was amazing. He was I remember him as a, player. a model of consistency. Yeah, of course, I, yeah. he's 
in kind of the common memory, I think, for baseball. Fans, yeah, no, he he was just he was a, he was one of the greats, but you know he never he you never saw him interviewed post game. I just th- think he didn't do that, and I think the reporters resented that. And uh, I I really think it's a reminder of how we just don't know who these public figures are. We have no idea whether they're good or or, right. or bad. Yeah. Hank Aaron and Willie Mays, for whatever reason. Yeah, and and Bill James had him as of the last baseball register ranked as the fifth greatest first baseman of all time, which you know when you think of how first basemen are often the renowned guys because they're frequently big hitters like Lou Gehrig and and Jimmy Fox and and people like this, um, you know, Mattingly, guys like this. Murray ranking number five at that point is really an unbelievable achievement. Yeah. It is. I remember you You were always a big fan of his. Yeah, well, you know, he was coming up when I was living in Baltimore, and the, th- the thing you'd see is him and Ripken before the game would be hanging out together all the time. And I remember very visibly a couple of times, Murray would look kind of anxious and a little bit sullen, and Ripken could kid around with him and kind of break him up laughing. And oh, they seemed to have a wonderful um, camaraderie. Um, but, Very uh, cool. But I was so happy when the Mets got him for a, for a while. And just a great, great player. So yeah. that's our yeah. um, Murray Monday for today. You're, you're on for next week. Do you think you got a Murray? Oh, I'll, get, I'll, I'll have a Murray. Good, good. All right. I'll have a Murray. All right, well, you folks, wanted this to be over, you ended here. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, and remember, Halloween treats for everyone. Treat yourself to our Orton Copper Kettle Fudge, made from a centuries-old recipe and hand-stirred to creamy perfection. Maybe we can um, retweet it. Well, and I think we should have a special Halloween Acquisition Tuesday oh, feature. Can I, can I yeah, do why that don't one? you do that one? I'll Maybe you should one. do that one with the shoes correspondent or something. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Perfect. Maybe Perfect. special Halloween shoe and beverage combination. You know, I think that we should have a whole build. What day of the week do you think Halloween will be? It is uh, this this year. Let's see. The third is on a Saturday. So that means the Halloween is on a Saturday this year. I think yeah, we, uh, we can have a Halloween Shabbat Jindig. A whole weekly build-up, though, okay. to the Saturday. Starting on the previous, starting on Serendipitous Sunday with Estelle, and then a whole weekly build-up to the, to the big grand episode. And maybe we can have, you know, a couple correspondents on that day. Excellent. And it can just be a whole bash. Okay. I think, you know... It's the it's the season for festivities, especially as we get near to winter, and I think we should, you know, have some big episodes. Okay, but it'll be the Shabbat before the election too, so we'll have to devote oh, yeah. some of oh, the show to prayer, be, well, to impassioned prayer, davening like crazy. And you know, it'll be easy to include Trump in our Halloween stuff. Absolutely, all the scary yes. stuff. Yes, yeah. So so it will be able to do this. Well, thank you, everyone, so much for thank listening Thank you, Thucydides. Thank you for, for the special tennis. Uh, oh, well. <coughs> thank you, guys. Yeah, sorry if I sent you off the rails. No, 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 no. no, no. no we're no, always no, off the rails. Yeah, off the we, rails we, is our yeah. only... You notice we no longer say where we're recording from because where we're always <laughs> recording from is off the rails. Yes. <laughs> All right, thanks, everybody, and we will see you next time. Thank you, guys. On Jewish.